What's up, guys? It's John Michael with the Real Estate Virgins Podcast. We've got Jordan Brown. What's going on, everybody? Thanks we- for tuning in. Yeah, and we're here to amplify your business. There's agents all over the United States that are listening, uh, beginners, veterans. Uh, like I said last podcast, uh, those agents that have been in it for 20 years that brag about faxing <laughs> over the documents, <laughs> those guys are listening too. Yeah. But today we've got a big guest, Rookie of the Year, reality TV star, uh, Amir, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Amir was nice enough to join us. He's been requested for podcasts before. We're super excited to have you. Thanks for thanks for allowing us to pick your brain here a little bit. Yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely. Yeah. So a little bit about yourself, uh, Amir. You're you're an agent here in Austin, um, and you were rookie of the year. That's huge. Yeah, man. So uh, I had the opportunity to join Spyglass Realty, and they were kind of the only brokerage that would take a shot on me. Really? Uh, yeah, it was really tough. I went interviewing brokerages. I wanted to step into the luxury space. I just wanted to be the number one agent. And everyone was like, you know, you're not really from Austin. You got to have a certain amount of production to join XYZ team. Really? And I knew in two, three years time that I wasn't going to want to be on your team because my goal is to outgrow everyone. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so when no one was like willing to take that chance on me, I was like, I just need someone who's willing to believe in me, and I promise you I'm going to show out. Yeah. Spyglass took that chance, and then in my first year, I did $5 million, and they were like, let's go. Hot kid? damn, $5 million <laughs> yeah, in that's first dope. year. That's awesome, yeah. man. So how was your first year? My first year was really good. It was honestly the best opportunity for me to get my learning curve out of the way, um, balancing the reality TV show, playing rugby. It was the one thing that daily I could show up and work on, and so – I think that's ultimately why I did so well is because I had so many other distractions in my life that I wanted something that I could physically daily practice. So this was last year? This was last year. During like all the crazy frenziness, you were still you were a professional rugby player, Correct. a reality TV star, and you still did five million your first year. Correct. What's your excuse? Huh? <laughs> What's your excuse? Everybody listening. <laughs> What's your excuse? Like, you got what? all this time. Come on now. Yeah, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. So uh so I love that you you had mentioned like you had the drive and like you believed in yourself that you were gonna get shit done. And yeah. it's I think, you know, last podcast, John and I talked about you're either cut out for this or you're not absolutely and you have to have this entrepreneurial spirit and because there's too much freedom there's in real so estate much freedom and mm-hmm. it's honestly one of the biggest things that i see agents getting into the industry granted i'm still a newbie myself but a lot of the people i see they step in and daily there's not something that they're working towards they're like you know i really don't have anything in the pipeline i'm gonna try and host an open house this weekend and i'm like what are you doing monday tuesday wednesday thursday like what what are the actions you're taking Ooh. Uh, I know that was, we talk about that all the time where there's no handbook for success in real estate. And when you come from a nine to five, which like I I know I did. And for a lot of people, their, their gateway into real estate was trying to escape a nine to five or something like that. But when all you've known is the security of that paycheck, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that when you go into the workspace, you have X, Y, and Z to accomplish today and you don't have to think about it. Right. And when you start having to think for yourself as to how you're going to get this business, that's where people get tripped up. Yeah. And let me rewind real quick because it was your first year. First year. You moved from a different city. Different city. Uh, so you had to start from ground zero. I literally had nothing to work on other than leads. And then social media was a great space mm-hmm. for me to do that. I'm kind of right now trying to pioneer the social media space okay. for agents in Austin. It's been really tough because we've got a lot of a lot of older agents that still don't believe in the free marketing that social media offers. And so we just talked, we literally just talked talked about (laughs) if you're not on social media, you got to exactly. And free, free advertising for yourself. It's free advertising. And at the same time, if you're able to build a brand, that's, that's the gist of it all. A lot of people, a lot of agents think that they can hop on social media and then just post a video and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I love that you took that first step in the creative space. Which is important. It's very important. You have to get started somewhere, but you also have to figure out what is going to separate you from me, you, and every other agent. Because anyone can walk in a house, walk through with their iPhone, and just take a video. But people, people attach to people they like. You know what I'm saying? So if you're just walking through a house, you're not going to get any traction. But if you make an intro or if you talk about something that makes them go 
I like the way that he or she does that. Then people, that's when you start to see your followings go up. That's when you start to see leads and shares. And I just posted a, a house, Whispering Breeze, in uh, Bee Cave, Texas. It was one of my friends' house. There's a listing. I didn't get the listing. Wasn't upset about it because I want everyone to win. I want the best for the property. Posted it. It's almost at a million views, and I've gotten insane amounts of leads from it. But I took that chance. I went out there. I did something that was unique. I toured a cool house. And I picked music that I like to it, and I'm reaping the benefits of taking that chance. One thing I love about your videos is that you say, do you want to move to Austin? Dude, and see, that's what I'm setting apart is a lot of people will talk about a property, but there isn't any hook. There isn't any tag. No call to There's action. There's no call to action. And so what I wanted to do is if you're going to watch these videos, I want there to be that – I already get that you're that Austin real estate agent – but I want to create a series. At first, I started making a series called Making It in Real Estate, Austin, Texas. That's what initially blew me up because everyone was like, oh, my God, this guy is vlogging every day trying to, like, make it in Austin. What a hustler. And then I was like, okay, I love that I did that, but I'm ready for the next thing. What's going to be the next thing that gets me as a notable real estate agent and not just a vlogger? And I was like, you want to move to Austin. You want to move to Austin. And then I started creating three things that I loved about the property that would make someone want to move to Austin for it and started creating content on it. Ooh. And that's that that separation from everything else you see. I know personally there's there's tons of agents that we're friends with and, and within the network and you see their content and you could almost put any agent in the video and Absolutely. it's all interchangeable and there's nothing that like gotcha. separates the, like you said, there's no call to action. There's right. no like hook. There's right. no uh, line that they use or anything like that. And all that goes back to branding Correct. and branding is so important because what, what are you going to do to separate yourself from 19,000 other Austin agents? Jesus. That's how many agents are in Austin. Bro, so oh many. my we, God. <laughs> we had Jeremy Knight on and he, I think that was a, a few episodes ago and he had dropped a little nugget on us that there's 19,000 agents in Austin. I think we recorded that one in February. Mm -hmm. And he said, January, of those 19,000, 4% closed a home. Wow. So 700 and some odd agents closed a home in January, which is crazy. And I think it just speaks to like the state of, of realtors. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard right now. Like, it, you know, John, John has been a realtor for what, seven years yeah. now? Yeah, I love that. I, I'm going on three. And I have yet to see a normal market. We we went through 2020, which was insane seller's market. That's what I'm market. saying. This dude started in a market that was like, what the heck? I had no idea. <laughs> Every, there was realtors around me that were like, I'm making so much money, I can't even count it. And then there was other realtors that were like, I'm giving up my license after this year. And I was like... Jesus, I have no confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like yeah, what's the what's the road going to look like for right. me? So and again, it comes down to to you. It, I love that you went out and you hustled and you didn't make an excuse. You didn't let the fear take over yeah. and you just went out and got it done. There's so many agents out there that are just beginning and they're like, I can't get on video. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't look good. I'm 50 pounds overweight yeah. or whatever. The thing is, is like if you bring connection like you were talking about and you just know what you're talking about, the thing is you're bringing value to the audience. Right. right? And so if you stand out like Amir just talked about, like what can you do differently? But if you're just starting out, just the number one thing is just do it. Just get started. Yeah, just yeah. Get, get started. Because we're, we're often our own worst critics. It's 100%. Like, I know for me personally, I was like, I don't like the way my voice sounds. I don't like the way I look on camera, like nothing. And I... And now like we're podcasting, like I do, yeah. I do walkthrough videos where I'm out in front, things like that. And you got to get over it. Mm -hmm. Like no one, typically no one but you cares. Right. You're the only one that's overanalyzing yourself. Every single time people are just worried about the finished product. Did you have a good hook? Was the content good? How did you finish? Yep. Yep. And we're the only ones that are like, oh my God, I can't believe I took that right step. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody cares. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what I try and get. A lot of people ask me, I try and answer as many questions as I can because I want to see people succeed and I want to ultimately be an industry shaker. I'm not worried about being the number one Austin realtor. I'm worried about impacting as many realtors as I can because the industry ultimately needs to change. It's changing in New York. It's changing in California. It's changing in Dallas and Houston. The only place we don't see it really changing is in Austin, Texas. Hmm. And so the number one thing that I tell every single person just give it a try. Yeah. And then if you don't like something, cool. That's what you work on the next video. And then when you don't like that, 
work on the next video, but you've got to keep swinging and yep. you've got to mm-hmm. keep progressing. Yeah. And, and not everyone's going to be a ho- every video is going to be a home run. No. You're going to have to hit base hits. Sometimes they're not, you're going to, you're going to, they're just going to be bunts. Yes. But the thing absolutely. is, is you've got to get out there, like you said, and be consistent. So real quick, yep. how long did it take to get your first deal? Um, my first deal actually came from a lead that my brokerage provided. It was a mobile home. Really? It, it was okay. a mobile home deal. And I'm still very close with the mother who bought it for her um, son and now his ex-wife. But it took me about three months. Three months of literally waking up every single day going, what am I doing here? I Do I need to just become an apartment locator to build a database before I become a full-fledged realtor? Mm-hmm. And when I got that first deal and I got that $2,000 check, Heck I was yeah. like, no, this is this is what I want. I want Isn't more it this. crazy how like your first deal, it, you, like, you get that paycheck and you're like, it's possible now. Yeah. It validates all the things that you've gone yep. through, all the worry Absolutely. that, you know, is this, hey, like, am I ever going to be able to do this? Right. And then you get it and, you're, and you almost get, like, addicted to it. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, I just made, like, two grand, five grand. Like, right. wh- wow, like, let's well, do more of that. Well, the possibilities of, like, changing your life with helping people get one of the most important investments in their life is, like, it's just it opens up the opportunities. It opens up your brain to like, dude, I can actually do this after three months of working so hard to, to right. get your first lead, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a, lo- a little bit about your background. So you're from Arlington, correct? Correct. Um, does Arlington have as much beef with Austin as Dallas does? No. Arlington, we're just kind of the city that no one really cares about <laughs> unless you're a Cowboys fan. And then you're like, oh, I hate Arlington, Texas. Or yeah. If you like going to Six Flags, but. Well, the Rangers are up there, right? Rangers, okay. Arla- uh, Rangers, Cowboys, Stars are in Dallas. Yeah. But we're just Rip. kind of the Stars are about to get swept. I I'm, know. I'm crushed. It, uh, are you, are you a big hockey guy? I'm not. No, no. I'm in, I was born and raised in Texas. So gotcha. If it's not football, I don't really care. Fair, <laughs> fair. I don't know how. I like. I don't know. I got hooked on. on For hockey. some reason, there's a big hockey scene here in Austin. I don't. Know well, they that. have they have a minor league team in Cedar Park. So like, yeah. and it directly feeds into oh, gotcha. the Dallas Stars. So so there's the presence there. Um. So why Austin? What what made you go you know of all the cities in texas austin's the one yeah so after college i decided to move to houston texas because i wanted an opportunity to get away from what i knew i'm always someone who likes to put themselves in uncomfortable positions and then bitches about the fact that i'm in an uncomfortable position (laughs) but i'm still happy to be there and so i went to houston for about six months and it just wasn't a fit for me i i didn't have a community there i didn't have family there it would just it wasn't where i wanted to be I didn't want to go back to Arlington because I wanted to break ties from my family so that way I could create my own identity. A lot of times when we're so close to family and friends that we grew up with, you never break the the ties and the stigmas that you had when you were 13. And I wanted to break all of that, all yeah. of it. Dude, I, I, I feel you so much <laughs> on that. Like yeah. I, I had to leave yeah. so that I could create my own identity. I had no option, truly. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That it's burn, it. burning the ships. Yeah, you know? burning the ships and like creating that new identity. Because back where I'm from, I'm from South Texas. Mm. Uh, I had to, I had to create. I had to leave, or or I would stay there and either work in a restaurant or work at a plant. Right. And like I couldn't do that. Yeah, that, that's all there was in our in our area. There's no like, there's no vertical movement. You're either a business owner, you work at the you know Formosa or one of the the plants there, or you're a retail worker. Right. Like that's that's basically your three options. Um, John and I grew up in Victoria, Texas, so, you know, about two and a half hours south of here. It's good hunting there. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, yeah. I loved, I loved, I don't hunt. So do, I don't, do, you, I don't do you hunt? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm basically a jack of all trades. So okay. if you can imagine it, I've probably given it a try or love to do it. Yeah. Nice. I remember uh, my dad took me out into the stand and I shot my first deer. Perfect shot, like right behind the shoulder where yeah. you want it. And it didn't drop. And I remember like hearing it like, like like bleat i think that's what they call is bleeding uh bleating and it was like struggling on the ground i was like i was like oh my god make it stop dude my dad it was a a family of them and when i shot him one of the other ones ran up to the to the blind my dad grabs the gun 
cocks it, no. b- blows no. its no. mouth off. Oh my it was the God. craziest thing I've ever seen. And so ever since then, I've been like, nah, hunting's not for me. <laughs> Cut this part out. Cut yeah. the- I know. Come on. Off the rails you're here. Gonna ha- you're going to have the animal rights coming for you. After yeah, this. PETA, this I promise. Was- it was one time I was in like fifth grade. Relax. <laughs> this is 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So um, I, uh, we saw on Instagram that you are a new development expert. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So right now, new development is kind of it's uh, a broad term so two of the spaces that i really like to focus in are new development construction by builders and then new development here in austin texas so i love working with builders just because a lot of them do really cool architecture and they do amazing projects from teardowns and that was something that i was really interested in why how do you select your lots how do you pick the materials that you use and so i started excuse me networking and learning about that one it's the most sought after type of home purchase in Austin. Every luxury agent is pursuing a developer relationship Mm -hmm. and I wanted to start working on mine. So that way, by the time I'm five years into my career, I've done a lot of rapport building. So I get my first opportunity. The second one is the new construction, new development by builders. um, Because a lot of the clientele that I'm working with currently buyers wise are my age. They're 26. They're looking for their first opportunity. And buying in Austin right now, it's tough to get the bang for your buck. And so I've started to learn the market outside Liberty Hill, Buta, Texas, some pockets of Georgetown, um, and figuring out, okay, how can we make $400,000 truly feel like $400,000? And so that's kind of where the new development expert status came from yeah it definitely gets that way when you're looking at resold homes yeah it's and, tough. and you're walking through and you're like this is what 400 grand it's, looks like it's tough in this Ugh. market yep yeah i mean i was just talking to a buyer before this and basically we we're looking at the difference between resale and new build mm-hmm. and it's like dude if you pay the same amount 15 minutes farther yeah. you're gonna get a newer house you're gonna get more square footage and also you're gonna get better warranties so yeah. one two ten warranties are most with uh most new builds and, and it's like you can't get that with a resale yeah so the only thing that i try and steer people away from new builds is okay everyone has the dream of moving to texas do you want that texas yard do you want that texas lot yeah that's true. and if that is like their home run they're like i've got to have it i'm like we might not want to consider new construction unless you're willing to be on a 60s, 70s lot, but that's going to start at like $600,000. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're going to have to pay that premium. you got to pay the premium to have that, but at the same time, if you can do that and then watch that neighborhood grow and appreciate over the years as those homes start to sell and you've got the biggest lot in the neighborhood mm-hmm. – you're gonna you're gonna yep. reap those rewards. I think of like Santa Rita Ranch. We oh, were love Santa yes, Rita Ranch. Yes, we were we were over there doing a, a film filming a, a home tour, and I remember looking at the uh, the seventy lot, and I was like, oh my god, you can see like the rolling hills <laughs> and everything. Beautiful. And I'm like, I totally understand why it's that four time you know award winning community. Right. So that was really cool. So what are you seeing in the market right now in the Austin market? Um, to what regards? Um, you know, uh, buyer demand, sellers. Um, are their houses sitting a little longer or what are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing houses sit a little bit longer. What's even crazier is a lot of my buyers at first, they were really, really hungry to start getting some deals made. They wanted to watch the list price come down. They wanted to get some seller concessions and then interest rates kind of mm-hmm. took a jump mm-hmm. and they're sitting kind of in that six to seven, seven and a half range, depending on who you are. And after that, they were like, man, I'll just wait till the end of the year. So, a lot of my buyers right now are super rate sensitive and it's impacting both sides of the market luxury and your average first time home buyer. We got people who are trying to, you know, purchase their second investment properties and they can't because because rates are at 8%. They're at 8% for them <laughs> yeah. and they're just like I can't make that make sense and I'm like I can't make that make sense for you. Exactly. The transparency yeah. is really important yeah. too. Yeah. And a, a lot of us are in the selling business and I think it's it speaks volumes about a realtor when you aren't worried necessarily about making the sale, but making the right sale. Oh, love that, dude. That's a good nugget. I mean, like you said, commission breath, people can smell that from a mile away these days. Um, And it's bad for the industry. We, you know, a lot of people look at realtors as, and I hate this, but they look at us like used car salesmen. Mm -hmm. And for someone who, you know, I I think all three of us are on the same page that we're so client focused and client centric Mm -hmm. that, 
that hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone who doesn't know your intention or like I put out, you know, I put out videos on YouTube and random bozo with a with a non real profile picture wants we'll to comment you, something, right. and you're like, you don't know me, dude. Like I I care so much, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's hard to. Uh, convey that when people have these like preconceived notions about what you do mm-hmm. yeah we always talk about uh you know the agent that cares the most wins the most sure. and the fact is is that if you tell a client hey this house might not be the right one for you yeah they're gonna build so much trust so much faster mm. and the thing is is if they trust you and they know that you're genuinely care about them then they're gonna start telling their friends about you absolutely yeah yeah so yeah I'd love to talk uh, a little bit about your lead generation. I know mm-hmm. you had kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier. For someone with as unique of a, a schedule as you probably have between yeah. being a realtor, rugby player, and reality star, what percentage of your time is spent lead generating? All of it. Everything that I do is lead generation. Every you know relationship you build, it might not be that person, but they might know someone that's looking to move. And so I ultimately got into real estate because I wanted my time back, but I wanted my time to turn into money, Mm -hmm. right? I wanted my people to be my network. And so now I pursue everything that I'm passionate about, but I also look to build those professional relationships outside of the personal relationships. Where did you get that from? I mean, you're so new to the industry and you're already talking like a vet right now. I mean, it's a a lot of self-awareness and it's a lot of just figuring out, you know, Real estate is a business. Outside of being a realtor, it is just a business. You have to invest into marketing. You have to invest into um, your image. You have to invest into a structure. And into so, relationships. Into too. relationships. And so the way that I started to learn this was I started looking at pe- how people ran businesses. Mm-hmm. A lot of realtors, they forget that you know, you got to pay for flyers. You've got to get out and door knock. You've got to do these things that make a business successful. So if they're out there doing that for their business, why aren't you doing that for yourself? Yeah. 100%. And as far as lead generating goes, is, is there like a, a method that you prefer? Is there is there something that you uh, – I, th- I think I can kind of get the point where mm-hmm. it's all your in-person stuff. Right. It's you networking and things like that. Is there maybe a method that you don't like or that you've tried and it just wasn't for you? Uh, for me, the method that I've really just not been a fan of is door knocking. I'm just not someone who can just show up to your house and just try and build that relationship. They're like watching TV. Yeah. And they're watching you on on, on Bravo. <laughs> and then you knock on the door. And the, <laughs> they're looking like, on the security I'm, camera. They're, they're like, I'm watching you on my <laughs> TV right now. And I'm like, well, I'm here to sell your house. Yeah. Well, hey, hey that might work, though. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, right now, door knocking might be the thing for you. <laughs> no, right? I, just kidding. I always freak out because I'm like, dude. If, if a dog starts barking and then a baby starts crying, uh, um, I feel like I've ruined that person's day. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know what? I don't want someone to do that to me, so I don't do it to other people. Yeah. Same thing with like cold calling. And I know people have success with it. Right. There's plenty of different avenues and ways that you can be successful with sure. real We've had agents on that are great cold callers. And, yeah. And I'll, I have no problem door knocking. If I have a reason to be in the neighborhood, if I have a purpose, if I'm hosting an open house, I have no problem walking around and just being like, Hey, man, my name is Amir. I'm hosting an open house down the road. Would love for you to check it out. Just so that way, you know, something that isn't so abrasive. Exactly. And just like, I'm a salesman. You have value to add. Exactly. And so that's the approach that I will take if I do decide to door knock. But at the same time, I remember growing up and some dude walking up to my mom's door and being like, I'm selling solar. And I'd be like, she's not home. <laughs> and so and I, just I, I, just, the door. I just, I personally know how that feels. And I don't want that yeah. because... There's so many other avenues that I could focus on creating content, open houses, getting out and going to different networking groups or activities that I'll just I'll pour into those. Yeah. And people say like it's like obviously it's a numbers game. And if you knock 100 doors, sure, you might get one. I think about it from the 99 that I just pissed off. (laughs) And if I ever have a chance to get their business in a different way, right. they might associate it back to that bad experience Absolutely. of door knocking. And uh, it's just not for me. Like you said, the, the only time that I did it was after the freeze of 2020. Um, I made some magnets that had neighborhood specialists for HVAC, um, tree removal, fencing, all the things that people were affected with. Yeah. I had my business card printed on it at the bottom, and I went and I gave it out to my neighbors. Not a single person was pissed at me for doing that. Because that's that's a value add. There, there wasn't that aggressive approach. You broke down a barrier. You said, hey, I'm looking out for you. If you choose to use me, 
hey, it's awesome, but here's a resource in case not. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. So I want to I want to say something. We were doing a little research. I watched uh, episode two, if I'm not mistaken, uh, episode yeah. two. And I'm not gonna lie, dude. At the end of the episode, I was like, "What the heck is going on?" So like, you might have to you might have to tell everyone which which show you're talking. Yeah. About. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Uh, Summer House. Summer House. Summer House. Martha's Vineyard. It's on Bravo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my mom's a huge fan, by the <laughs> way. I don't I don't know if this is too much to ask. All right. If you. I don't know if you could give a shout out to Shelly Brown, who's listening. She listens to every <laughs> podcast, but she's a big fan of yours. So, right. Shelly Brown, I appreciate you. And <laughs> oh, let's go. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, she's I mean, married, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that's my mom. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, but no, so yeah, we were watching, like John and I were watching, just doing some research on you. And, and I, it sent, was, I sent the video to my wife and, and she was like, oh my God. And I was like, so can you explain a little bit what happened? I mean, it's the premise of the show. It, were you all friends before you got there? Yeah. So we're all friends in some sort of capacity. So if you go on Bravo or any of the blogs, like you can kind of see the flow chart. Someone took the time to create a flow chart wow. of like how we're all associated so I was friends with Nick Arrington, who is the self-proclaimed fashionista of the house. Dude has immaculate taste in clothing. Um, was was uh, was he the one that dressed uh, like the Nickelodeon? Ah, the, was that was that <laughs> the, slime, the slime. quote? That was that was Nick. <laughs> okay, was okay. Nick. Um, but yeah, so we're all friends, and he decided to give me the opportunity to come out and enjoy a summer with them. And I was like, absolutely, why not? That's awesome. Yeah. That's and so this goes. Uh, the show follows you guys as. Like you said, it. I guess there's not really like a, like a, a plot. It's not like a game show or anything. No, it's, it's it's everyone's hanging out, having a good time, partying together, like like f- making new friends and strengthen, strengthening bonds. I have a question as as someone who is a a reality TV, uh, maybe a questioner is yeah. how much of that is organic? I mean, all of it's organic. Really? Yeah, yeah all of it's organic. There's obviously some things that you have to be wary of but for the most part ev- everything that you see is kind of what you're getting to a certain extent of a person that's awesome that's you crazy. you had that that uh end of episode two run in with phil uh, where like john and i were, were talking about it and we were kind of kind of talking before the pod started was i was like you know what I, I'm not liking the vibe. Every everyone was having a good time. Right. This guy came and take a shit in the toilet. He's got <laughs> he's got a problem about this and this. And then, uh, yeah, like what what was it? Oh, you were like, guy. you know what? Oh, the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> the other guy. Yeah. yeah, but it's crazy. He he like stepped. He came in out of nowhere and was just like, this is my house. Yeah. And then and then you were. I saw you. I love that you stood up to him for it. I know. Yeah. Like that was so that was so good because you are like if anyone's watching that episode, you're such an even keel person that. I was like, it's it's gonna take something to like piss Amir off, and it's like yeah. that's one way to do it. It's, it's normally for me, it's when you attack my close friends. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that in that scene, Nick, Preston, and Alex, who are all of like basically my boys and my support system, because when you are with a group of people for so long and you have such strenuous days, like it it, it breaks you down a little bit. And yeah. so we kind of all started to build on each other. And when Phil came in, just try like not trying successfully like breaking those relationships and just kind of turning the house's dynamic on its head. I was, I was upset and that's, yeah. that's the best way to put it. And I was just kind of like, I gave him the opportunity. I gave someone else the opportunity to kind of stand up for the house. You were in the back, like you were patient. You were just like waiting for watching it to ha- ha- happen. And it's yeah, like, it wasn't, it wasn't my fight. Yeah. He didn't directly say anything to me. So if he would have, I would have gotten up a lot quicker and I probably wouldn't have been as mm-hmm. uh, defensive. I would have just probably hit him. That's, yeah. that's me. Like if you talk shit about me, Personally, yeah, I have no problems asking questions after you're on the floor. We call that f around and find out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you get a lot of people uh, in your DMs like wanting to talk real estate with you from the show? It's a mix. A lot of people want to talk about the show, and some people are interested in real estate. Um, I think what it's going to really turn into is people watching the show and then kind of taking a look at what I'm doing here in Austin and seeing if I'm really about it because so many you know reality tv stars are exactly that the reality tv stars and for me my business is very serious it is something that i take very very seriously to the point where if there was a season two that's to come and it was either that or my business i would probably pick my business because at the end of the day that will always be there for me i love that and that's awesome and i'm the exact same way where i 
I watch, you know, things like, I don't know, The Bachelor or whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, this person's a, a software engineer. Sure they are. Right. And and so whenever I was researching, I was like, Amir's the real deal. He's, no. he's about like, it. Yeah. Like, this is this is his business. Like, this is what he does for a living. This isn't just something they slapped on and uh, packaged up as, yeah. as what he is. Like, like, you do it, and you do it really well. Yeah. And so sure. another question is... Like, while y'all were filming, mm. you did $5 million that year, right? Yes. Like, were you working as well? Yeah, I was. I was working a good percent of the time just kind of making sure clients were okay. I took every single morning to make my breakfast, still maintain my routine that I did back home. Mm. And then whenever it was time to go do an activity, I was transparent with everyone. Couldn't be as transparent to tell them what I was doing, but I did let them know, hey, I'm away. And then it was really funny. All of my buyers afterwards were like, you sneaky son of a bee. Really? That's what you were doing. And I was like, yeah, I just couldn't tell you because, I mean, those contracts are like, you break it, it's a milli. Really? Wow. I didn't I didn't have $10,000 to my – I didn't have anything. And so I was like, I'm not risking it. That's wild. Yeah. No, those contracts you don't play with ever. Really? If you decide to join reality TV – read the contract <laughs> damn dude. that's wild yeah that's that's intense i never would have thought it was that like that stringent on it, is, it it is well i saw some of the other guys they were on their computers i was assuming they're probably working too everyone yeah so that's the bonus about the show is it is literally just an opportunity for bravo to follow our lives and just see what it takes to one be successful and two have fun while doing it and so there were really no guidelines on what to do some people had to take calls and miss activities and some people were like i took off for two weeks whatever that looked like for your life fortunately for our lives there is no time off yeah you know you're always working yeah yeah, yeah i was sure. wondering like if you if you were having to you know have someone on your team take over your leads or like what that looked like so that's really cool that you know you were able to sneak in the the business there right. that's awesome yeah that's what I, that's the big question I had. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we ask a lot of our, our guests on here and, and I love that you're killing it and you're also really new to the business. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about what the exit plan is? What's your exit strategy with real estate? Is it um, some people want to, or is there, is there one, is there one like we had Suman Kim who, you know, he, he was a, a killer producer. His first two years, he did $144 million product monster. My crazy. God. And we asked him, and I loved his transparency. He goes, "I don't even know if real estate's like gonna be my long game. Right. I don't know." And I'm like, "Dude, you're you're making so much money. Right? How could it not be?" But I loved and respected that he said, "I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. know that this is what I want to do forever." For me, it's again, I got in real estate to have my time back because ultimately, the one thing that I want to be is present for my family Ooh. whenever I gain one. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't really have an exit strategy. The only thing that I know is I want to continue working enough in the industry to the point where I can be present, I can still go to plays, I can be a part of sports and then have something that I can go back to. So yeah. I really don't have an exit strategy. Well, that, and the cool thing is like, you don't, you almost don't necessarily have to have one. Right. Like the cool thing is you can, some people like, I think the work is so rewarding that I don't see myself growing tired of doing the work. Dude, um, absolutely. See, help, there's nothing like helping like a first time home buyer and then be like, this is like, I never thought this could happen for me. Yeah. And, and you played a small part in making it happen. And that reward is so addicting, uh, especially with friends and family and just growing your network. Like when you like people, this business is easier. It's so easy. Whenever you're a people's, uh, a people's person, it's honestly like you wake up and you're like, dang, I need to find some work to do. And you're like, <laughs> no, like you are working. You just don't realize it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know. And one thing I really love about real estate is there's so many options, right? You can be a buy and sell agent until the day you decide you don't want to be anymore. Right. You can buy property yourself, get the kickback for your, for your commission, uh, use that to improve the land and, and then uh, become a landlord. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of options. And so that's, that's really cool. And, and um, you know, John, John, and I have differing opinions on, on what our, Exit exit strategies strategy. are going to be but that's the beauty behind it i'm like you bro i, yeah. I, I, I just want to keep going. i just i, I just want to keep doing it. and <laughs> what i'll probably do is eventually i'll like transition into some type of developer status just because i think it'd be really cool to at least have one project where i'm like i tore that down and i made that yeah but in terms of like being a full-fledged landlord like that doesn't sound like something i want to do same I, I already hate managing like 
my yeah. life. Yeah. I don't want to have to manage, <laughs> manage other people's other people's lives. Like I, I just I truly don't. And yeah. some people are, will look at you and be like, "Well, you're an idiot. You're leaving so much cash on the table." And I'm like, "That's for you, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not for me." Yeah. So one, real quick question: uh, If you were to give a new agent any advice, because you know you just started a yeah. year, year, year and a half ago or whatever. Like, is and you've there, proven it can happen. Yeah, you've proven it can happen. Is there any advice? We've got a lot of new agents listening to this podcast. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would give them? Yeah, I would say I've got a lot of advice that I would give, but the one like golden nugget that I would say that really got me is learn from the mistakes. A lot of us get hung up on the mistakes, and we're just like, dang, agency really isn't for me, this and that. Learn from it. Ask, ask the hard question, why did I make that mistake? Was it because I didn't know? Cool. Get someone who can mentor you. Is it because I just simply didn't have the time and I dropped the ball on that? Be honest about it. But you've got to learn why you make the mistake so that way you can prevent it from happening again. Mm, I love it. I love that you said don't get hung up on it because it's going to happen. dude. It's unavoidable. If you're not making mistakes, you're not trying. You ain't trying. You ain't trying. trying. That's it, man. That's awesome. Um, I saw an article that was really appalling, um, kind of shifting gears to a really serious subject. Um, so I've worked with black clients, Asian clients all over. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking because, uh, T, if you're listening to this, shout out to you, my boy, uh, young black dude out here killing it. He bought his first house, super excited for him. And I remember being at the closing table and him saying like, he was, he was emotional about Mm -hmm. it. And he said, I never thought this could happen for me. Yeah. And I'm the first in my family to own a house. And I was like, dude, like it got, it got me choked up. Yeah. And so this article by, I'm going to pull it up. So I don't, I don't misconstrue the numbers or anything. Uh, it says, uh, they're called construction coverage released an article in February outlining home ownership gaps between whites and different minority groups. And they found that the national minority homeownership rate as a, as a total is 51.1%. And of that, African-Americans are the lowest at 44.3% nationally. Uh, we actually are above average here in Texas, which is great, at 55.3%. Uh, whereas white homeownership is at 73.4% nationally, so 71.3% in Texas. So essentially, one out of every, every two minorities owns a home what do you that shocks me yeah it's for me it's not that shocking yeah yeah because you've got to look at it from a long-term play and we always talk about this and i know it's a it's a selling point that every realtor uses especially when they're talking to uh, poor income or minorities and we talk about generational wealth Mm -hmm. a lot of people think it's the sales pitch in trying to get you to buy real estate but at the same time if you look at what generational wealth has done People who took a chance on a market, doesn't matter, you know, back in the 20s, back in the early, early days when segregation was a thing, they are now reaping the benefits of it, you know? Mm. So to see that there's still a gap, it doesn't surprise me. But what really encourages me is that we are closing that gap. Yes. Like, it's it's really exciting because a lot of my clients, I've worked with black single women, black single mothers. I have um, an African Nigerian couple that I'm working with right now. And the first question that they asked me when they got to the neighborhood was, we love this house. Do you think anyone's going to take offense to us being here? No way. I I am not kidding. This happened last Saturday. Wow. And so I was like, you've got to understand what's really great about Austin is we're a free town, right? If we were in different parts of Texas, I would be like, let me do my research. Let's drive around. But one thing that I've experienced in Austin and why I love this market so much is it's a come as you are place. And so as long as you meet the social criteria, you're a social person, you're a friendly person, they don't really care if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Dominican. They just want you here to improve the quality of living. Yeah. And I love I love that you had mentioned like and I love that Texas is above national average, which is fantastic. Yeah. Makes me really proud of what we're doing here in Absolutely. Texas. How do we fix this? How do we how do we continue to close the gap? I think it's gonna be a lot of education and was- empowerment. Because a lot of people, they don't know what they don't know, um, which is tough because you've also got to find a way with education to make it consumable, right? Because school systems, I'm not going to say are failing us, but they're failing us, yeah. right? They don't teach us the things that we need to, to know 
in order to succeed as adults, it's more of just a standardized way to make sure that, you know, people get what they, they think they need. And then you make your decisions later on in life. So it's been tough, but I think education one, and then the support and really highlighting that these gaps are being closed. Media loves to cover, you know, negative things because negative things sell. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how many articles can we publish about, you know, the national average increasing? How many times can we talk about the fact that, you know, African American home buyers are some of the best investors right now in this market? I don't know if you guys know that, but working with them, you can see everywhere, every African American male or female below the age of 30 is buying a first time home for investment purposes. One yeah. of my first clients, uh, African American mom, single mom, she was, she wanted to buy a house referral from Jordan. And this was, I don't know, five years ago, something like that. She, she bought a home for her family. It's her and like four kids, three or four kids and good friend of ours. And now she owns a house. that's worth double dude, double. It's right? insane. So, and the thing about it is, like, she changed her life by making that decision. 100%. And, and she, not only her life, but her kid's life. Right. Yep. Right? And the thing is, I grew up on welfare. I grew up in a trailer. I grew up, uh, you know, food stamps and stuff 100%, like that. 100%. I feel you. And my thing was is that I didn't have friends that owned their own house, right? So I had to surround myself with people that, that c- believed in themselves right. or that paved the way, right? right. And so now I see these, my friends purchasing houses and i'm like you know what i could do this too right right and i feel like that's just so important i feel like when those those conversations about home ownership are missing and maybe it's because it seems like it's a pipe dream at times mm-hmm. and it's like it's hard to get excited about it when it feels like it's not attainable right mm-hmm. you know and and like you said i mean even the 2008 housing crisis like black communities were hit the hardest from that mm-hmm. and so the resiliency to come back and be able to close this gap i think just speaks to the shift that we're experiencing and I'm here for it. Um, let's do it. <laughs> let's, con- awesome. I mean, we're all agents. Let's continue to show up and support and just make sure that, you know, the right information is getting to the right people. Absolutely. Like you said, educate and empower, educate and empower. I love that. Yep. I love that. My note closed on me. My bad. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. My notes are right. <laughs> um, I, uh, what was the question I had? Ask a question. i have a i have a question about about your filming so like how how difficult is it to have cameras all up in your face at all times with looking at everything you're doing it depends if you're someone who is really um keen to how people perceive you it's really tough because you want to make sure that you're poised the right way you don't you say the right thing i personally i care to an extent how people perceive me but at the end of the day i Unless you're paying my bills, I really couldn't give a fuck about what you think. Right. And so for me, it was really easy, especially because I create so much social media content. I was used to my phone. So I just imagined my phone times 10. Uh, That's a good way to look at it. It it was. And it's if you are rooted in good deeds and you're genuinely a good person, you won't care about the cameras. Because you're not worried what they're going to catch. You're you're worried they won't catch enough. Right. mm. But if you're if you're a person who's just like toxic and just negative. Yeah, you're going to be like, well, did they catch that? Oh, God. So I, I wasn't really that pressed about yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. That's dope. Um, what does a typical day look like when filming? Typical day? Ah, uh, man. It's a camera waking you up at 7 a.m. saying, good morning, Amir. Are you ready? Really? You don't even get to sleep in? No, man. There's Because it's there's so many hours that they have. It's an allotted amount of time to film. And so they want to make sure that they can capture absolutely everything. Right. Because if they didn't get it yesterday, they want to get it today. If they didn't get it today, they want to get it tomorrow. Mm. Um, and sometimes they want multiple takes of you doing the same thing in different places because it might fit a storyline that they have later. Mm. So you're waking up every single day about seven and they're letting you know kind of what the day is going to look like. And then from there, it's up to you. So so. It- your day like everything like you said is organic but sometimes you have some stuff planned out where it's like hey like later on we're gonna go to this place y'all are gonna hang out correct and then we're gonna come back to the house yeah and they also give us that respect because all of us were working too so they wanted us to be able to communicate to anyone that might be back home that i need time away for two or three hours and i won't be you know in a place where i can work 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's so, cool. It seems it seems like it's a, a a little more respectful than I than the outside optics maybe lead you to believe. Absolutely, and that's why I love working with Bravo so much because they truly care about the people that they work with. That's awesome. A lot of other networks, you see a lot of like bad blogs about mistreatment, lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, things like that. Bravo really cares, and I I respect them for it, and it's made me want to continue the relationship mm. that's awesome it's it's probably easier to perform better when you when you or not perform better but to do the task when you feel taken care of 100 percent. 100 yeah they yeah. could ask me to jump off a bridge and i'd probably be like you sure and they're like <laughs> don't worry we've got you and i'm like okay i got it <laughs> that's awesome that's do you awesome. do you have any crazy uh client stories anything that like in your year that you've that you've been doing it like john had a good one that like a crazy interaction that he had i'm not gonna share that story this is the fifth time we've shared that story on this podcast <laughs> nonetheless he will shorten it he walked in on a listing agent uh doing some stuff with their client yeah. in the in the upstairs room yo it's pretty crazy <laughs> that's it's not too far from here too that's tough yeah, yeah. i'd be like mm, i don't want this house I'm yeah good. no my client wanted the house tough yeah Tough. And they were upstairs doing it, and my client was like, "What's going on?" And so I came in, and I went upstairs, knocked on the door. It was locked. They're like, uh, "What's going on? What's going on?" They're like, "Yo, I'm here for a showing." <laughs> and they I they know. came down, and were like fixing their hair, fixing doing their the hair, walk yeah. of shame. Like it was oh it was tough. God. But we've talked about this like five times. We don't have to. But do you have any crazy stories with clients? You know, I I really don't. I, I'm honestly, I want to say that I'm blessed because of that. Yeah. Like everyone that I work with, I've had pretty even keeled. Like, you know experiences with i would say the only crazy story i've had it's not even with a client but i was doing a kind of a showing assistance i was checking in on a property for a realtor colleague mm -hmm. and he gave me a call and was like hey man do you mind running by a property for me i just need you to check it out and i was like sure but why like i i'm not just going to show up just because you want me to like drive by it right and he was like i just really need you to and i was like if you can tell me why, I promise you I'll go. He was like, well, someone had a showing, and they said that there was needles and, like, heroin in the bathtub. Oh. And a crackhead had broken in. No. And it was there. Was it downtown Austin? No, it was south Austin. Okay. And so we went there. Sure enough, I was like, oh, my God, those are needles. <laughs> and I was just like – so he told me that, and he was like, hey, if you don't mind, I also have another property that I would love for you to check on. And I was like – at this point, I'll do anything. Like, I want to know what's going on with your listing specifically. <laughs> We're going to see if there's a trend here. Dude, and so I went to the other property. It was a duplex that I was selling, and someone had busted in, broken – the water was turned off, so they broke off the shower heads and handles, took a shower in there, and, like, bled everywhere. They took a piss in his washing machine. Like, they were, they were living out of the house and doing whatever they could to, like – Live. live and so i got there and i was like bro i'm scared you need to get someone over here now because your doors are broken your windows are out your faucets are all messed up there's needles and blood everywhere and he was like i want these properties gone so bad i was like good luck wow good luck. that's crazy that's why see i've never i've never ran into anything like that the worst thing that's ever happened to me was i was at an open house for one of my listings and the guy came in him and his wife, I was talking to the wife and he, the guy's like, Hey, like, can I go use the restroom? And I'm like, sure. Like, whatever. I'm not, whatever. <laughs> Dude was blowing it up and we could hear it. And I was having to like, look at the, <laughs> the wife and just be like, this is fine. You're like mm, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. This School districts. <laughs> do you like the recessed light fixtures? They're very nice. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't end up buying the house. Uh, I was really disappointed, but <laughs> but we got sold regardless. Yeah. The do broken in bathroom. So you may not be able to answer this. Yeah. But do you have any funny stories off camera at, on, on the reality TV show? Yeah, man. We uh, There was an off camera moment where it was us wrapping up the show and we out as a cast went out to um, the 70s bar. And it was an amazing time. And it was the first time that I ever took in a pickle shot. I listened to some like really old school music and it was probably the most genuine fun I've had with these people. And like, we just danced, we had a good time. And it happened off camera too. That's yeah. Cool. It was at the end of the show. And yeah. so it was kind of like once everything wrapped and we were kind of like, do you guys want an opportunity to like get out just us? And we're like, yes. 
Dang, that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. That's super cool. cool. Well, uh, we're going to wrap up the show with some rapid-fire questions for you, if that's okay. Let's do it. It's only five of them, so nothing crazy. Uh, so just off the top of your head, first gut instinct whenever you, whenever you hear it. Okay. All right, Amir, here we go. You prefer to work with buyers or sellers? Buyers. Coffee or energy drink? Coffee. Listings should be empty or staged? Staged. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. My real estate superpower is? Negotiations. Boom! Yeah. Love it. There we go. Love it. Amir, we can't thank you enough for coming on here. Letting us pick your brain about real estate, about the show. Uh, we're honored to have been the first that you've talked to and about this since the, the airing, which is awesome. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, all of my handles are underscore Amir Lancaster. Instagram, TikTok, uh, working on the YouTube, hoping to get like you guys one day. But oh, come on now. Dude, it's a different beast. I will say long form content is tough. I'll give Absolutely. you the secret after, after bet, the show. Bet. But off, uh, off camera. Yeah. Off camera. <laughs> uh, John, I don't, don't want to give away all the secrets. Yeah, right. Yeah. We got to um, keep some for ourselves. Yeah. At John Michael Perez, Instagram. But I want to do the same thing that we did last time. Okay. Before you say yours, I just want to say thank you guys so much. We're extremely grateful. Um, just the opportunity to help you guys change y'all's lives, y'all's community. Um, and, and the people are in your life, you know, your kids, your, your wife, you know, for me, I, I grew up dirt poor and the opportunity to for my wife to work at home or not work. She's she's just she watching our, work. She's wa watching our toddler, you know, and so she can now spend more time. Like you said, you're always working for your more time. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the opportunity to help you guys and we appreciate you listening. Jordan, where can they find you on on not only on Instagram? Where can they find Instagram, you? TikTok, YouTube? It's all the same at Jordan sells ATX. Like John said, we're just. We're just trying to provide value. That's really what it boils down to. Um, when I started, I wish I would have had something like this as a resource to listen to, to try to figure things out and hear from different people with different backgrounds, different schedules, and different strengths and weaknesses. Talk about what makes them successful. And so, again, we hope that you just found value in it. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We're going to catch you all in the next one. One more this. thing. Oh, man. What was it? One more thing. Um the, the numbers, man, there's a lot of people listening. So like he said, thank you so much. It's crazy to see how many of you guys are listening. Seattle, for some reason, we've got yeah, a lot Seattle's of, like a big, a big, listening <laughs> we've got a lot of listeners right in Seattle. I don't know why, but, uh, if send, you send me your referrals. Yeah. Si yeah, exactly. So if you know anybody that would, this would be valuable for, please let them know. Amir, John and Jordan, we're out. We'll catch you on the next one. I don't know why I just did that. I think but, I did it because you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that in my life. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. That's funny. <laughs>